Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to The Last New Wave, the film podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. For this episode, I got the opportunity to interview All This Mayhem and Jizzo director Eddie Martin. In this particular interview, we discuss pretty much everything regarding those two films and go into a little bit of history about how those films were made and the impact of those films as well. We also do talk about, as you'll hear at the beginning of the conversation, we discuss the state of Australian cinema at the moment, covering films like Chasing Asylum and Embrace, as well as Goldstone. So that's enough of me rambling. Let's uh, listen to me interview Eddie Martin. You know, there are a fair few films that Australians haven't seen or are aware of. So that's one of the main Mm. areas. And then flowing from there is probably the US. Because... Right. I hear a lot of people in the US go, oh, you know, the the film selection in America is terrible. Or, or say, for example, this year for specifically with film releases, they go, oh, it's been not great. You know, we've had awful films and, and all this kind of stuff. And I look at the films that have been released in Australia and I think, well, mm. you're not experiencing some of the best films like Goldstone, for example, is, is just brilliant. Mm. and. I wish that you know, I want to try and yeah illuminate their their uh, film going experience a little bit more with some some great Australian films that you know only get released on three screens in the US and yeah and that was the, that's the plan with something like you know doing interviews with with people like yourself and directors and stuff to to shine a light on films that they that audiences may not have seen or may not have experienced or been aware of and you know all this mayhem rewatched it again the other day and still my favorite film from that year it's just a brilliant film and you know i know mm. doing when we discussed it on the show there was a lot of people who listen and sort it out simply because we talked about it and even if we don't like a film people might seek it out so that's the main mm. thing is to oh show. that's really no that's really positive yeah. But it's funny that you say that in, you know, the US, they might only get one or two screens. That's how it was here in Australia for us with Mayhem. You know? well, like, at, at first they let us have one screen and then that went all right. And then they let us have two and then it was like, we begged for three. Yeah. It's just so funny. Oh, and it was a pain in the ass as well because I saw it at Lunar Leaderville here in Perth and... You know, I've been tracking the film for a while because I was excited mm. about it and it only got one or two sessions here and, you know, the mm. the screening that I went to pretty much sold out and then it didn't get a run at all and I think mm. that it's disappointing in that regard because, um, and I, I hope in a way that, you know, all this mayhem kind of 
taught screens, taught cinemas in the sense that, hey, there is a market for this kind of thing. Because I know that at the moment, Chasing Asylum and Embrace are doing quite well. Uh, in Perth, at least, they do, mm. they do quite well. Mm. So there's an well, they've done well films because they've managed they've managed to get on multiple screens and yeah. and and have an extended run, which is really really awesome. I mean that that would have been the dream for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've kind of either got to have them, <clears throat> you know, do it yourself or have a distributor that's willing to kind of do that or see potential in doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot of work, you know. Well, it is, and. You know, that's the frustrating thing in a way is that, you know, I see a film like All This Mayhem and I'm like, wow, this is a brilliant film. And the audience that I saw it with had such a huge positive reaction to it that I'm like, well, and I know a few skater friends who had wanted to see the film but didn't get a chance to. And it was out yeah. on iTunes not so long after the screening. So I think I can't, I can't recall exactly, but it was, yeah, not long after. And I know that they picked it up there, but... Um, you know, they would have loved to have gone along and seen it because, you know, not everybody can head along to the cinemas on a, you know, six o'clock on a Thursday night and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. It, it was a certainly an audience film for me at least and it's still... And it works yeah. just as well at home as well. And Yeah, no, I think in a, bit, in a, in a cinema with a group fired up, you know, it can, it can have a a good screening. Oh, yeah, yeah. With a film like Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. Especially with all the tricks and stuff like that. That's a, you know, it's it's stunning seeing all that on the, the screen. It's just people who are talented at what they're doing and doing it really well is, yeah, it's exciting. I enjoy that aspect. And then, of course, there's the the other aspect of the story near the end. But, you know, the all that, that sportsmanship, I guess, is the, the word I'm looking for is... It's great. It's enjoyable to watch, and I'm sure that you get this a lot from people who talk about the film. But you know, I'm I'm not really that into skateboarding as such. Like I, I mm. couldn't skateboard to save myself. But I think that the power of the film is that it doesn't matter if you're into skateboarding or not. It's just a, a great story and a great, you know, it, it's a exciting, involving story, and that's that's enough. I think. Yeah, well, it's great. It's great to hear you say that because we worked really hard to achieve that. I mean, that was a goal to make it. So, if you even if you didn't know anything about skateboarding, you could you could go in and enjoy the film. You know, it was really a story about two brothers just set in the world of, of skating. So, you know that that was a aim for us to achieve that. So, it's great to yeah. hear that that was your response. Yeah. Um, so it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I'll start off. Um, I mean, I'll, we can carry on from here, I guess, in the sense that. Um, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll no, start. it's good. It's just good to have a bit of a warm up chat. Yeah, know? I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. Yeah, I appreciate it because it's. I know that um, you know I've only sort of recently started doing interviews and stuff like that, and for me at least, uh, when I started off doing this, this show, I wanted, as I was saying, I wanted to highlight some Australian films that I personally love and high on top of the list of people that I wanted to talk about was yourself. Cause you know, I think that, that's oh, very nice of you. Yeah. I think, well, I just think that for Australian documentaries, they're, 
you know, where we have a fair few of them, but they've kind of really only started to come into public consciousness in the last few years in the sense that, you know, as I was saying, films like Embrace and Chasing Asylum and stuff mm. like that. And, yeah, they're more – and that Sugar film and stuff. And they're more sort of um, – Issue-based. Uh, yeah, issue-topical. Yeah. Content, yeah. Yeah, and they're good films, but yeah. telling a good Australian story in a documentary is a really powerful thing, and that's that's what I think you've done with your films. So I'll start off, I guess, with the question of how important is it for you to tell Australian stories in films, in your documentaries? Oh, well... <laughs> It's just extremely important for me to tell Australian stories because I'm Australian, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's where I'm from. So, you know, it's, I think it's really, really crucial. Oh. And, you know, it's just what I'm I'm inspired to do, you know. Like, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, think there's so many, I, I, I just think there's, like, so many great, Aussie stories out there like it's such a deep vein it's really untapped you know um and the kind of quality of you know documentaries or whatever really needs to catch up to it I think you know if you look at America or wherever the UK and you know they can pump out some some quality films but I think here I hope that you know we can kind of catch up to that level of kind of storytelling and I'm kind of really inspired to try to do that with Australian stories, you know, because yeah. there are so many of them. I mean, I can think about 20 off the top of my head I'd love to do tomorrow, <laughs> you know, but it's just such a battle to get it, you know, get them set up the right way. So, you know, the film's got a chance to, to be really good, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think it, I think it's it's really, really important to be telling Australian stories, obviously. Well, but, I mean, it feels awesome, doesn't it? Like, if, if there's a great Aussie story and it connects with people overseas and travels, it's, 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 a, it's a kind of good feeling. It's kind of an empowering feel, feeling, you know, as oh, an yeah. Australian to know that people internationally are resonating with your with you know local stories yeah or stories from your backyard yeah i definitely agree with that because you know when with australian films in the sense that as you're saying we've got a lot of interesting stories and of course there's that you know the abc tv series australian story which is is good but feature length Mm. films feature length documentaries are exciting and interesting in the sense that you know it uncovers uncovers Australian stories in a in a different light and and for me that's what I really liked about all this mayhem because I know growing up I was aware of the Pappas brothers and but I just I I guess I'd kind of as you grow up you and the media attention kind of fades away from some people and stuff it they had fallen out of memory for me in the sense that I'd just forgotten that they existed so when all this mayhem came around I'm like Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I remember these guys and was excited to see their story as well because I wasn't aware of the what occurred, you know, in, 
in their lives after being skateboarders. So that for me was really interesting because it was a, a powerful Australian story, a powerful Australian documentary. Um, and that well, was- it's important for me. It's important for me to. I mean, I want to make documentaries like with Mayhem, like with you know, I want to have theatrical ambition mm-hmm. with the stories that I want to tell. I mean, it's great that the kind of culture the documentary culture is changing in Australia, but, you know, there is a heavy presence of the broadcast type product, you know, where that's a certain type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 55 minutes in duration. They traditionally, you know, like a voiceover kind of explaining what's going on. Um, so it's a particular style of, of film, but you know, I personally like to see the the you know docs in a feature space mm. and a feature length docs, and it's great that there have been recently some some kind of successful you know Aussie feature docs, and that that things are changing and evolving, and and it's creating a space mm. to kind of make feature docs with 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 kind of theatrical ambition so you know that that's kind of my focus and what i'm interested in yeah so with the the process of making a documentary in australia as well how how do you go about it i mean as you're saying you've got 20 ideas right now that you'd love to do a story on tomorrow but what's the process that you personally go through to get those stories on screen well, it's always such a long process and I saw, actually I saw an interview once with Neil Gibson and he said like, it's a miracle anything gets made and it <laughs> kind of feels like that sometimes. Like, you know, you're building a house of cards so you have an idea, you know, you you you'll meet with the the subjects, maybe they're interested, maybe they're not, then then if they are, then it's a case of, you know, you go out and look for some kind of development support, which you may or may not get, um, if, you know, and then if you're really passionate about the, the film, you'll still soldier on in development, you know, if, if you're uh, fortunate enough to get some development support, which, you know, we're really lucky in Australia with the funding bodies, mm. Uh, you know, that provide that support and that that helps a great deal and then you can kind of develop a kind of what they call like a market-ready type package which is like a written treatment and maybe a a little teaser and and kind of get it out there and then from there see if you can build the finance to make the film Mm. and get people interested in it and and behind it. so it's it's no, it's normally quite a long long process. Yeah, I guess in the sense that as you're saying in in America and the UK, they can there's a a quick not well. I mean, it's not it's never quick and easy to to make a documentary, but it does. I guess because of the the amount of documentaries that they are able to produce and release, it appears that it's a lot quicker than than it is in Australia, which. You know, is is I guess it's just the the case of uh, the small market here. Um, for mm. you, I've noticed uh, with with your particular films, they're mostly focused around 
stories based in Melbourne or, or people based in mm. Melbourne. And yeah, okay, all this mayhem does, you know, obviously touch on uh, the journeys in America and, and the, the rest of the world for the Pappas brothers, but of course they originated from Melbourne. Um, what, for you, is there a desire to tell stories directly from Melbourne or the, is it just the people that you grew up with that you want to tell their stories? Yeah, I mean, it's just because I was, like, from Melbourne for such a huge part of my life. That's where I live. So <laughs> that's obviously, you know, that's the reason that I have told those stories out of there because that those were stories that I was exposed to and the kind of relationships that I had. So that's the kind of reason why they're, they're Melbourne-focused. But I like, you know, I don't know, I... I like things with authenticity, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter where where it's from Melbourne. I mean, to be honest, I could say I think there's too much stuff that's based in Melbourne or Sydney. It feels like so much thing is Melbourne or Sydney. But I mean, I love filmmakers like Ivan San or yeah. say Warwick Thornton with Samson and Delilah. Like you know, they're in different environments, so their stories are kind of a bit more unique. And I think they've got you know they bring some a kind of different voice to the screen which i really really like you know um Mm. you know i recently did a workshop in alice springs for some some screen northern territory and it was amazing kind of to get in those different environments so yeah i mean that's just where i'm from but personally i'd like to see more stuff from you know something out of Tassie. I mean, I'm, I can't think of one film. I last cab to Darwin, but, you oh, know, yeah. more kind of stories out of different different states and different cities. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. There's Because, of course, as you're saying there, and I guess for international people, um, you know, Sydney and Melbourne does appear to be like the, the place that films are made in Australia. And, uh, you know, certainly in WA here, we're we're increasing the amount of films that we're making, which is is certainly nice to see. Mm. Um, mm. With uh, talking about two sp- specific films of yours, Jizzo and All This Mayhem, they're very personal stories for uh, both of the the subjects in the films. How did you go about getting in touch with these people, or essentially, this will sound terrible, but gaining their trust in being able to you know, tell such personal stories on film? Yeah, like it's just all about building relationships and, uh, you know, having relationships with people where, that, that you know, they're willing to be open mm-hmm. and, and can trust you as a storyteller. So, yeah, I'm just re- really just, I guess, incredibly fortunate that, the guys in there were, were, you know, so open. Yeah. But I think, I, I mean, I really think that that's important for, for any uh, subject of a documentary, that they're, they're incredibly open. You can you can see it when, um, when they're not, you know, when you can see mm-hmm. when the interviews are, are, are just on the surface. Just for me personally, I like to get a little bit deeper if if possible yeah yeah with with jizzo i i hadn't actually seen it and i i noticed you've put it up on youtube for for people to watch and 
it's a great, great film because it's it touches on an aspect of Australia that I think a lot of people don't truly understand, which is the street art and graffiti. And for me, I'd never really, you know, I appreciate street art. I think it's it's quite good. And tagging is, you know, whatever people think about ethically or whatever it doesn't matter. I think that as a as a form of art, it's quite interesting. And so seeing a story told from an artist's perspective in that way was really fascinating and the drive for them to create their art was was really fascinating as well um so with with Gizzo what is your was there much reaction when that that came out was did you manage to get any sort of uh, festival screenings or anything like that or shown on on SBS or anything well it's really funny that film because it's like you know it it upsets quite a lot of people because you know it's essentially the portrait of a vandal mm. you know and um you know it, it a lot of people get really like they have really strong reactions to the film so both positive and negative or just towards the character and you know whether they condone his behavior or not mm. but you know, I think, uh, you know, it's just, it was, I mean, it's a, just an, a, an observational doc, but it was very hard to get support from the conservative bodies at the time. So that was really a, a DIY yeah. film where I just did it all myself. And, and then, I, to be honest, I really didn't think it was going to have much of a life. Um that was really just like a, a learning experience for me. I, I just did it for the love and yeah, just happened to at first get some interest overseas for mm-hmm. some overseas festivals and it played at some cool overseas festivals. And once it did that, then, you know, people uh, got interested in it festival wise, uh, in Australia and had quite a good festival run. But, yeah, it's amazing to me that, you know, um, 10 years on, people are kind of still interested in it and, you know, want to, you know, watch it and still talk (laughs) about it. And, and, yeah, it's great. Well, it it is fascinating. As you're saying, it's... I can imagine it would be difficult to get the funding for from, as you're saying, conservative bodies in the sense that it is it is depicting illegal activities. And I do wonder, as a filmmaker, how, how you go about trying to display these kinds of stories objectively without um, whether you feel, you know, it's right or wrong or not, you're trying to tell their story, you're not injecting yourself into it. So how do you go about that? That's I can imagine that would be quite difficult. Oh, I, I didn't find that difficult. I mean, actually, you know, he gets... I mean, in the end, he gets busted for his crimes. Mm. So it's, it's actually the only graffiti uh, film that has an actual rating. I think it got an M rating or something from yeah. the, you know, the official certificate. So, you know... That's why, you know, it's not just showing this run of crimes because he gets, you know, caught in mm-hmm. the end um, and he gets busted for, for his actions that, 
it's all, you know, above board because obviously you can't get busted for the same yeah. same crimes twice. So, you know, um, but um, sorry, what was the question? Again? I got a bit <laughs> lost there. That's okay. No, it's just more about how how you go about, uh, you know, objectively displaying the story in a sense. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I was just there to observe and 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 um, not make judgment. I I kind of have a bit of an issue with films that I feel like they're telling me what to think or they're beating a drum or, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to approach that film in a, in a kind of, in a purely observational manner and not make, you know, my judgment or any judgment on him or his actions. I can leave that up to the, audience to make up their own mind mm. well there's there's a line that uh tess Pappas says in all this mayhem which i think is mm. is wonderful in displaying what to me documentary should be and that is about stories in the sense that he says there's my side your side and the truth and mm. i guess being able to to display that in a documentary is the 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 important thing, and I, I do think that you know, as an objective story, uh, both Jizzo mm. and All This Mayhem are really great in the sense that they don't shine a critical eye on their subjects; they just display them for who they are. And uh, I do find it interesting that, as you're saying, that you know, the with Jizzo, that it was it's one of the few graffiti stories to get a, a rating because uh, I do know that with. Um, the Australian Ratings Board, uh, graffiti is certainly one of the things that they, they frown upon. Um, how do you go about with the their particular the rating system? Have you had any issues with them suggesting cuts or specific ratings or anything like that uh, for either film? Uh, no, no, luckily. Um, it was just, I mean, to be honest, that, on both films, the distributors organised that, so I think it was just a case of them sending the film off um, to get assessed. Mm. So I, I, I really don't have too much information on how all of that exactly works, but there was never any suggestion to to cut, yeah. you know, yeah. cut anything or change anything. Yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of people, if you know something's R-rated, they knows that there might be a bit of pressure on them to make it M, for example, so more people can go and see it in the cinema. Mm. But I guess that's up to each individual's, you know, yeah. each director's, you know, creative choices. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go on to all this mayhem because, uh, you know, it's, mm. as I've said, it's, it's one of my favourite Australian films in the last 10 years or so. I think it's a, a really powerful documentary. Cool. And, you know, it's a really, the the key, I think, is that, you know, it's, it is a, it's a powerful documentary in the sense that it, it displays a very human story and the Pappas brothers are really exciting and interesting characters to watch and uh, their unfortunate downfall is, is really, um, you know, it's sad. It's a, it's a very, very sad aspect, but it's also quite a interesting tale about, addiction and uh 
you know, the, the allure of drugs and success and, and that kind of thing. Um, with both Juzo and all this mayhem, you display, you know, the, you, well, issues and with, with youth and, and things like that. And I'm curious about what you feel, you know, is that a certain aspect of your films that you, you intend to, dis- to explore, to discuss in your films? Or is it just something that happens to be a theme that has accidentally appeared in a way? Uh, I, I just seem to be drawn to stories of, I guess, anti-heroes and disaffected youth, you could say. I, well, it certainly wasn't a plan, but it's just, just, um, yeah, it just is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it, I think that you've, you've displayed their story really quite well. Um, mm. How did you go about, but, uh, sorry, you go. Sorry, you go. No, no, I was... No, you go. (laughs) Um, Well, I was just... What was I thinking? I was just going to say, yeah, again, you know, it amazes me how how upset or or such strong reactions people can get to characters, Mm -hmm. you know, such as Tuss or, or Justin. You know, people have... People have, you know, um quite strong views which I, which I find interesting hmm. um, you know I do it is interesting people that kind of challenge the system yes and they, and they have something they have something to say you know an, an alternative voice especially in today's society where you can argue that things are so corporatized and homogenized and all of those types of things you know it's having 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 a uh, a different character or you could say you know character with a bit of a punk ethos yeah really really can upset people but i think i think those voices can be really important too you know so i i personally find them interesting well, the thing is, I mean, they're, they're people that are part of society. And I think that, you know, it's important to display their stories as well because they are, I guess, with the skateboarding culture as well, a lot of people, unfortunately, have the, the frame of mind that it's a, um, you know, that's connected with crime and drugs and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, drugs are related into all this mayhem, but it does, it can be a very positive environment, a very positive sport. And for the most part, I think at the beginning of, of all this mayhem, you do certainly see that it's positive for the brothers in the sense that, you know, it was an outlet for them. So I think that's really important. And I guess the... the um, yeah, but it, it makes me laugh because, you know, people go... Oh, you know, skateboarders—they're, you know, they're bad and they use drugs. But, but you know, have a look at the AFL players. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, there's so many there to be. You know, likewise had you know drug problems or issues and stuff like that. So. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, I think that it's because skateboarding isn't a mainstream sport i guess um and people kind of see as the the you know the outskirts sport 
there is that negative reaction. Now, I do wonder, mm. you know, with the, I guess in America, it's a lot more popular than it is in Australia, um, or a less, at least more mainstream, I guess. So did you find that there was a more positive reaction to the film in America than in Australia, or or was it same across uh, the board? Yeah. Uh, no, I think America was positive. I think UK and Europe was, they really related to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's all right. I, I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I know that, I mean, the some of the people that I've talked to about, as you are saying, people have reactions to different reactions to the characters in the film. And has there been any any comments that people have made to you about characters that have stuck over the years? That have stuck? Yeah, it's like a, a notable comment that somebody's made about either the Pappas brothers or, uh, or Justin. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they happen all the time. I mean, like, you know... Um, for example, even on the YouTube stuff, you know, you you know, you see comments. People have strong comments even today. Uh, you know, ten years later, one way <laughs> or the other. Oh, oh, with Tass, you know, um, you know, I think we make it kind of clear at the beginning of the film that, you know, this is Tass's version of events. You yes. know, this is Tass's story, and you know, um, people still seem to get angry that it's you know one way or the other which I, I kind of find find fascinating but um yeah yeah I, I I've I have found that as well that some of the people I've discussed it with have have, have very much been oh, I disagree with this or I disagree with that and it's like well it's his story and this is the way it's presented so yeah and I, I and I'd say it's 50 50 a lot of people connect with Tuss and mm-hmm. he really inspires them, you know, to to change their life for the better while others, you know, have have a negative view on him. So yeah. you know. Yeah. So what's better that um better that people have reactions than uh you know <laughs> well, that's it, and and I think, you know, it's it is a very entertaining film, that's for sure. Um so what's next for you? What are you doing next uh, in the realm of Australian stories, I guess, in, in the way of documentaries? Well, my next project is similar territory, which is on the street artist Anthony Lister, mm-hmm. who, again, is a, is a really interesting character that, that kind of challenges the system in his own unique way and... Um, has a lot of interesting things to say, so I'm pretty excited about that project. And you know, we've just kind of received finance from Screen Australia and some other kind of entities. Oh, great! So we're yeah. So and that it, should be the next one. Is there a sort of a is there a connecting theme between Jizo and all this mayhem and this Anthony Lister film, or is it just more that you want to tell? I think subconsciously, subconsciously there is. Mm-hmm. Just uh, for some reason, I'm just, these are the stories I've been attracted to. So I guess when you put them all together, 
this is like my trilogy of disaffected youth. Yep. But I certainly, it was not a long-term plan. It's just <laughs> just the way things have kind of come together. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that they've come together in that sense that they've it's just fallen into place because for me as somebody who lives in Perth and I'm sure for international listeners and stuff like that, um, you know, and as somebody who has visited Melbourne often, it's great watching your films and getting the slice of Melbourne that people may not usually get because they may just usually see Flinders Station and and that's about it and don't get to see these kinds of stories being told. So uh, I think oh, that's, that's really important. Yeah. It's really exciting as well. I know that you mentioned about trying to tell other stories from around Australia, but, uh, you know... In a huge city like Melbourne, it's great to see that there are still new, interesting stories about people that, I guess, on the outskirts of society that we may not know. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, to no, see thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'm thrilled to hear that because, like, I feel there is a lot of vanilla content and it's boring and it doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I. I'm interested in, in characters on the fringes. I mean, I'm interested in subcultures. I'm interested in people that are doing different things and taking risks and, and you know, getting out there. Yeah. And, 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 have, and have alternative voices and thoughts and, and points of view and all that kind of stuff. So, Well, I, I think that in Australia at the moment, politically and all that kind of stuff, I think that it's certainly important to tell these stories because uh, too often, you know, you pick up the newspaper and uh, so-and-so's done this. And I think that people forget that there is a genuine person behind that and what may have led them to this point in their life. And I think that it's really important to tell those stories. So, yeah, again, thank you. Yeah, there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of understanding going on. There seems to be a lot of um, shaming, online shaming. You know, people are so quick to, to be judged, jury and executioner these days. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating the whole uh, the way uh, things society's going with the whole social media. But I'll shut up now because I'm just rambling <laughs> No, 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 it's all right. Um, well, well, we'll wrap up. And I guess one of the questions I do ask the, the guests and, and people on the show is if there's an Australian film that you would recommend people seek out that they may not usually be in discussions or anything like that or just a personal favourite of uh, film from Australia for you? From the past or, or present? Whenever. Well, I mean, because I can go... Well, I'm pretty keen to see that Ivan Sen's new Goldstone because I haven't seen it, but I've heard, you know, good things, and I, I'm just a fan of of him as a filmmaker. So I yeah. can't wait to see that. I highly recommend um, seeing it on the big screen if you can. It's stunning. oh no, I will definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it, it is a good film. So I highly recommend it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well. Eddie, I, I really appreciate you being uh, available to talk about your films and, and I'm excited to see um, 
your your next one when that hits. I know that, uh, as you mentioned, the the process for making documentaries is a can be a long one, but I'm excited to see when it comes out. And um, for those who haven't seen Eddie's films, I do highly recommend checking out All This Mayhem. I think it's on US Netflix, and you can certainly pick it up very cheaply in JB Hi-Fi and and on iTunes as well. I highly recommend it. Um, one one last point actually before I need to before I go there was uh, my wife Bernadette rewatched it with me and one of the things that she had mentioned about all this mayhem because um, it was something that we'd been talking about recently was um, how she had mentioned that it it is a great film and would be a really powerful film to be shown in uh, like school curriculum and stuff like that and I know that it deals with you know it's swearing and drug use and stuff but I do think that. Uh, you know that's a that's certainly an interesting aspect has anybody approached you about you know no but people have mentioned that before Mm -hmm. um you know but no nothing's come of it um it might be a bit extreme for i don't know yeah (laughs) I, i don't i don't know i mean i think that would be great too but yeah, I think that I do think it's a great cautionary tale. So that's certainly uh, one thing. But yeah, anyway, um, thank you again for for joining us on the last new wave, Eddie. I, I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Last New Wave. Make sure to check out Jizo, which is on available on YouTube. I'll put the links in the show notes. And also check out All This Mayhem. Also, if you subscribe to this podcast, um, you may have noticed that we have already discussed All This Mayhem on a previous episode. So that was with Dwight Hurst from the Broken Brain podcast and Dave Hart from Pop Culture Case Study. So make sure if you haven't listened to that, head over there and give that a listen. As for this show, you can continue listening uh, by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes would be great as well. Um, You can also find previous episodes and episodes of AB Film Review on abfilmreview.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at The Last New Wave as well. Uh, For now, we're actually going to finish off the episode with a bit of a, a different thing that we usually wouldn't do which is essentially it's an interview that Tas Pappas did uh, about mental health and I meant to put it at the end of the all this mayhem episode but instead I'm going to be slotting it at the end of this one uh, so give that a listen and once again check out both Jizo and all this mayhem thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the last new wave just feel free just free and like I'm in control and it takes my mind away from takes me away from being in here it makes me think about what i'm doing like it just feels like everything comes together and you're just doing not thinking and i love that oh my goodness oh my god as a kid growing up i did martial arts which i'm pretty sure helped get me in tune for skateboarding skateboarding really is like martial arts on a board I mean, you look at the way you do a kickflip, it's like a snap kick, or, and the way you spin a 540, it's like a dive roll in jiu-jitsu. Even if you're not doing the hardest tricks, it still makes you think of how to do a trick. It exercises your mind as well as your body. I've been diagnosed borderline personality disorder. It's come down to, you know, because I was sexually abused and my babysitter used to bash me on the regular at a really young age, like from you know, age four 
for a couple of years and so I've had a really low self-worth growing up. I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, I have to do this to prove myself and if I don't, maybe I'll die and I deserve to die anyway. Another fakey into 720. You know, all or nothing thinking. Like that helped me achieve my goals in skateboarding but what happened to me was I couldn't turn it off. And, I, and when I started partying, I started barzing it with drugs. If you're going to take on drugging as a career, kiss your life goodbye. What stuck with me was because I was abused at such a young age, I'd look at things through the same lenses as a five-year-old emotionally. So if I felt pain coming on, um, it's because all these old feelings of pain would come back because there was so much pain in my childhood. I'd... I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Even as an adult, I was still acting like a child as soon as I was emotionally hurt, you know? And I've had to learn this through therapy and, and I still have to try my best to, to, to trust people and not lash out and try to get them before they can get me because that's what I did for years. I did a really good job of burning bridges. Like, I would thoroughly burn down the bridge and it's the wrong way to live because the only people you hurt in the end is yourself. Because everyone else just goes, oh, and they've got no idea what's going on. And next thing you know, you're just singled out in your own world and hurting. Skateboarding is what saves me. Skating's very creative. And a lot of people I've met who are skaters have moved on to become creative people. And I've got a kid, and I don't want him just sitting on a computer playing computer games. I want him skating. I want him to feel the air through his, through his face and his hair. I want him to feel the success you feel when you put your mind to a new trick and make it. I mean, skateboarding is great for that because it's really hard. You have to work for each trick. And then once you have achieved, like, learning certain moves, you take that same mentality and you can use it in any area of life. You can apply that to a job. You can apply that to learning to make film, learning to become a musician, because nothing's as hard as learning to skate. The man is on a mission. It's not like, you know, I've been touched by the hand of God and all of a sudden I'm better like I'm still dealing with my mental illness and I could easily go back to that place I'm still me 100% me I'm just trying to do the trying to do the right thing this podcast support it and sponsor today simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details